up, everyone? Hope you had a wonderful weekend. It's Manic Monday here at Corked Stats, powered by the Mayo Media Net here on YouTube, presented by Jock Market, the daily app where we actually make money and we're having fun doing it. Man, that's a pretty good combo. Download the app for free. Use the promo code MMN, Mayo Media Net. They're going to match the first 100 bucks for free. And if it's free, it's for we. Man, we are doing the thing up in the jock market. Had another nice day on Friday. Tons of home runs, man. That sheet is just killing right now. And something we'll talk about as the year progresses. And we've you know talked about the ball, how we've had to have our head on a swivel, trying not to be stubborn, but also trying not to be too overly reactive. But, you know, if we could do a quick side note before we get up into it and I earn that like button, you know, we've seen pitchers now come out and talk about this directly. So what we were assuming and asserting from inferring, now we're hearing true, at least anecdotal evidence from the men in the arena. And I'm talking about Michael Lorenzen was saying some days the ball the ball feels slippery. He can't hold it. We saw in that game, pitchers completely losing track of it. And when your work is so predicated on control of pitching, good pitching, like my handicapping work usually is, that's the enemy of it. Pitching's already wonky. We can't have guys going out there not understanding where the ball is going to go. And we've had just that. So we've kind of pivoted to the other side, looking for the offense as the ball is now starting to fly. The humidors are having that opposite effect. And we're seeing pitchers struggle with the ball now more. That's what we want to be. Again, not about being stubborn or system hopping, just getting the thing done. So here we go. Let's do it. It's the three pillars of profit. On Mayo Media Net, so it's daily DFS stacks, jock market, which also kind of bleeds into total base props, which have really, God, just been the nut hand lately, right? I mean, not only are we hitting them at a lovely rate, like three quarters or better, but I think more importantly is the odds on these things are all in the plus money, and I really like to give sustainable pathways to succeeding. Got to be careful, especially, you know, myself, I do so much work. We cover so many different formats every single game, every single day. You don't want to just be throwing a million plays and sinking your own ship. So it's very important. The first thing we do is understand how much we're risking on any given day and then working backwards from there. So you can have more plays without having more risk. All right, let's get into the thing, man. It is the stack attack. I know I got graphics. I always forget to bring them up. All right. It's your stack attack for the day. Foist up. We got the Red Sox, those red laundry bags from Boston up against Fado. Yeah, Fado, he knows things. Not like they say. 4-2-8 ERA, 1-4 whip, 7-80 OPS for Alex Fado, who, man, we were backing early in the year. He was looking pretty strong as one of those kind of F5, really boring guys. But as of late, it's starting to get away from him, maybe with the ball. Again, there it is. 88 in-zone contact, 44 fly ball has led to a 360 expected WOBA year-to-date and a 4 420 expected Woba on contact. So they're really getting a good stick on it. 809 OPS to righties year to date. And in particular, it's the fastball. Again, where we've kind of found this edge on the total base props, and again, we're jock market and all these things, has really been this kind of laser focused, granular, individualized look at arsenals. And 
Fader was going to struggle with this, so the fastball is coming in at a hyper usage, meaning 48%. Generally, a featured pitch is like 28% to 30%. When you're getting up near 50, it really should dominate, and it's not 650 expected slug on the fastball to righty. So we're looking at Trevor's story. You go back to May 1st, 532 expected wobble on contact on those fastballs from righties, 19% barrel, 10% blast. I know he's coming off a cold spell, but he has a hit in three straight. He hit a ding-dong yesterday. We know Trevor Story gets him in bunches. There maybe should be a bomb symbol next to Story. Fado doesn't give up a ton of home runs, so I really wanted to stick to just putting him into the stack. We'll get to him as far as total base props go in a little bit. Also, his teammate J.D. Martinez, same time frame, fastball to righty since May 1st. 600 expected wobble on contact, and then year-to-date, 16 barrel, 8% blast, 320 batting average, and an 892 OPS again against righties year-to-date for JDM. Gotta love that stack. Backfill your lineups with Red Sox righties. Other side of who we got up next. Oh, I have... All right, I'm sorry. I have this one. It's it's not on the stack attack because I didn't... The player model didn't ring, but... The game rang. So here, let me, let me lay it out for you, and you'll see where I'm going. It has to do with limited innings pitched. And what we really want to be careful, because if you look at the stats for Winkowski, it looks brutal. But like I said, you really just got to be careful with those, right? So this is the same game, Boston, Detroit. So for Boston, has Josh Winkowski. You know, uh, OPS is over 800. The whip is up near two, but it's only eight innings. But there are some things that we do want to look at, even in the small set. He went three innings, he gave up four. He went five innings, he gave up none. But that was Baltimore and Oakland. Especially Oakland is pretty terrible. Things we want to look at. Double-digit walk rate. Single-digit swinging strike. 25% O-swing. So he does not induce chases whatsoever. That's about as low as she goes. He does keep it down 56% ground ball. But he also gets hit extremely hard. So StatCast, which uses a raw 95-mile-an-hour metric. That number is up over 52%. That is really, really high. I mean, more than half your balls hit at 95 miles an hour, which we know is directly related to slug. This is why exit velocity matters so much. 929 OPS to righties. Now, I couldn't really, this is the problem, I couldn't justify going after the Tigers because they're just so bad. However, the last three days, the Tigers have like a top five-team Woba, let's say. But I can't start touting that, because if I start touting that now, I have to start touting that all the time. And I don't find that to be actionable. But in this world of sine waves, again, that we speak about all the time, the ebbs and flows, the ups and downs, the peaks and valleys, the true nature of existence. This is the true nature of life, right? Averages will always mislead you, because they consist of highs and lows. The Tigers were so bad, just unbelievably bad here. I actually have the stats, because I was trying to justify it. I wanted to kind of force him in. So on the season, dead last in OBP, 280. Dead last in OPS, 600. Worst chase rate in the league, 36. Just terrible. Worst power rate. Last seven days, really terrible. But the batting average creeping up to 270. The line drive rate at 286. But the power rate's still below. Four, the chase rate's still at 36. All the things that continue to get you in trouble. So I was having trouble justifying specific Tigers on the hitter model. But 
Meadows and Victor Reyes coming alive the last couple days, but it's very spotty. So again, you may see them end up on the sheet today. You may see them end up on my jock market list, but they have to be cheap. Or if you see the names on the list, maybe they are a perfect complement because they are cheap to get big bats in the lineup. Right? We're talking J.D. Martinez. We're talking Trevor Story. So if we're talking DraftKings, you're going to be paying up for those guys. Let's get into the back end stack and you'll see where the Tigers probably fit in. It's the Angels going up against Chris Bubich, 836 ERA, 1-9 whip, 900 OPS. Going back to the original Cork stats, attack metrics engaged. Wow, that's exactly what you want to go after. You let the chips fall as they may. 13% walk rate combined with a 88% in-zone contact rate. So right, too many men on base. Then he pitches to contact and the hard hit rate up over 47% paired with an 11% barrel plus 400 expected Woba year to date against Bubich. It's been pretty bad. This is funny too, a bit of some reverse kind of splits going on. You know, he's a lefty. He has allowed a 1,400 OPS to lefties year to date, and it stems from the fastball with a plus 1,000 X slug. Now, it is generally tough to look for same side splits. Well, maybe not with the Angels, Shohei Otani does not care what side of the mound you pitch from against left-handed fastballs year-to-date, a 50% barrel rate. Granted, the bad ball events are very low, but 12% blast, 725 expected Woba on contact, and three home runs year-to-date against lefties. So we don't have a tremendous sample, but he's only going to face so many lefties. He's done work against them. Expect Otani to hit a lead-off home run today. It really just might be the first pitch of the game. Bubich is going to look to just get settled in, not expect to go lefty-lefty and get yoked. Look for the Otani home run today. Backed up with my dude Mike Trout we were pumping him in the offseason as the best hitter in the game we have the receipts to show it there is probably going to be a time when I just lay out all of the video receipts because we had you know Bryce Harper going for the MVP top player in points leagues I think he is just that we had Alonzo for the NL MVP we had your Don Alvarez for the AL MVP I mean we just really rock and roll doing all the things that we do me you and the Cork Stats crew so Mike Trout doing Mike Trout things 385 BA 333 ISO 1100 OPS against lefties year to date I don't think he has a chance of being held under that one and a half total base props Mike Trout is a man on fire right now he is reaching and hitting opposite field balls like 415 feet he is just phenomenal so we're looking for Red Sox righties JD and Trevor Story Angels give me Otani and Trout and if you need to backfill we'll be looking for the Tigers but I'm trying to be a little more laser focused because the I'm always trying to improve and make this more digestible players on this sheet are absolutely viable for total base props. You know, this is the, the the next filter, right? We're always filtering. I'd rather mention the Tiger players because if I start posting Reyes and Meadows that we're adding extra plays and you have to add them to the record. And uh, so we want to just keep them as more ancillary plays. We'll be dealing with that later on in the day. So that's our stack attack. Everybody, how about that bag of chips right there? You know, we are doing so very well. Also, one last thing for those to the jock market point is remember to keep pricing 
in mind, a player like Trout may end up off the board for us. I really have drawn the line at, you know, six, six, six. But anything above $6.66, give or take a little bit. So even if you were to draw the hard line at seven, I'm really not going above seven. Meaning, if, uh, let's say I'm at six, 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 right? And my Trout is at six, six, six or six seventy, and we're a few minutes away from the IPO. I'm not going to let just a few cents throw me off, but I'm also going to say at seven bucks. Thanks, but no thanks. Players like the Tigers are wholly ignored right now. So guys like Reyes and Meadows, if they're at that $4 level, $4.25 level, now we want to get at them. So there is a level where jock market and price really matters. And of course, DraftKings, you really just want to think about places to backfill. Most of us have good pitchers and good hitters. All right, let's get up into the fantasy end. You know, Monday's been really tough. You know, I'm trying to beat all things to all people. These 30-team rundowns are really just a bit of a gobbledygook, to be honest. It's a bit mishmashed. We're not really coming up with too much actionable information, so I'd rather do the things that matter, either talking about strategy. I have some news and notes, right? These are the things that probably matter the most, people not getting to pay as much attention during the weekend. Eloy Jimenez with the hamstring is close um, to resuming the minor league rehab assignment, he could return to AAA on Tuesday, so he is getting closer. That was a major disappointment. I know I have a ton of like underdog teams that could use a boost from Eloy. Manny Machado left the game with a left ankle sprain. It looked really ugly, but the x-rays were negative for flat fractures. They didn't say how severe it was. I'm, I, I'm not going to predict injuries, but I wouldn't be surprised with an IL stint, you know, 10 days to get an angle right, even if it's minor. Padres really want to keep him healthy, especially without Tatis. So I wouldn't be surprised if they don't push it, but there is also a DH. So if they think he can plant in a couple days and be able to hit set in lineups today, I'm probably sitting Manny in NFBC leagues where I have the ability to make more than one lineup change a week. Um, let's see. Pirates will be promoting O'Neill Cruz from AAA on Monday. Hoop de doo. It's about time. My boy Jordan Alvarez hurt. Uh, left the game on Saturday. Didn't play Sunday. I was trying to follow internet docs, which do the very best I can. I'm not trying to demean their work. I think, uh, you know, Nick Savali, Jesse Morris, I think these guys do excellent work. Do, do the best I can. Similar to myself. So maybe you're building a boat in the middle of the ocean. You're just not going to be perfect without all the data. Um, and um, they're saying maybe like oblique, maybe like hip flexor. It looked like it happened on a swing. So those, of course, are injuries we got to be careful for. Things that are easily reaggravated. I am also expecting an aisle stint, but I'm also very negative when it comes to injuries. I think the way they have to be. Dodgers manager Dave Roberts said Sunday Mookie Betts will be back after the minimum stay in two weeks. I think it was a fractured rib, but Mookie is a perfect example how it was. I will think he'll be okay. Uh, it's what you're going to give him one more day. He's day-to-day, and now he's on the IL. And if you were playing this game, this up-and-down kind of believing the coach speak, you got caught. You missed the weekend. Just, I'd rather sit the player with the variable for playing time, and in a worst-case scenario, what he goes absolutely nuclear. But in that case, the player you were worried about being injured, you know is healthy, which is not the worst-case scenario. So I would rather go that route, generally, right, if they're getting off the injury and a little banged up. Are they going to go fully nuclear? Generally not. They may get protected and pinch hit for. So these are the things we want to think of, right? This is the kind of stuff I'd rather get into when we're talking about fantasy. If we only have five minutes, the stuff that we can use rather than Arizona, no news. and Baltimore, no news. You know, there are other podcasts doing phenomenal work with this. I think as far as fantasy goes, 
and the amount of nuance that goes into these lineup decisions and tracking lineups is probably the most important. And that'd be a good lesson, right? Again, I want to do the things that'll help you, the things that I do before we finish up news and notes will actually be what I do, do, do. And you want to be taking advantage of all the tools at your disposal. I think the best one-stop shop is probably fan graphs. And it's funny because it can be a bit overwhelming, I guess, the amount of data and tabs. But they do keep it easy if you know where to look. And maybe that's what we could do here is go to fan graphs. The main tab has the three slashes, right? You're used to seeing the setting like a, a, a menu tab. Look for roster resource. Click on roster resource, and you'll see team names, you know, across the top, and that will be set to the depth chart. But if you go to in-season tools, there's a lineup tracker that has this really great grid that will not only show you the last like three or four weeks all next to each other, blank spaces when a pitcher is out, lefty versus righty, and the batting order. So if you wonder sometimes how I'm able to do these reads so fast, that's one of the keys. They also have a probable pitcher tracker. Now those things are not perfect, but they do the best they can, which has the handedness of the pitcher and again the look ahead. So I can't get you all the things, all the stuffs and things like my boy Welshy likes to say. I just can't get it out there but maybe I could point you in the direction of how you can get there. So Fangraphs.com, Roster Resource tab, and then really just play around. And they have so many great tools there just to give you these overview ideas. All right, let's get back into the news and notes, and hopefully that was helpful. And show I could show you the tool, maybe not just show you the work. and I could show you how to use it, and you go do it on your own. All right, a couple more notes here. Nick Lodolo. Big pitching prospect for the Reds, set to make one more rehab start at AAA before he's re-evaluated. The reason this matters, I know Lodolo has, was not great. Pitching is impossible right now. Running theme on the show and on Twitter and in my conversations with other fantasy players is how indiscernible the pitching lists have become from 12-team to 15 leagues. And this is the absolute truth. I can tell you what size league it is from the hitter waiver more or less tell me a name and i'll tell you what league it probably is seriously i mean you know you follow enough of these and you can tell outliers here or there but they have percentage owned we're going to be right over that target every single time pitching i could not tell you it is pure desperation out there maybe in 12 team leagues there are relievers available that might not be but as far as starting pitchers go whoa hachibachi liberace they're impossible to find we've had to add guys we were not crazy about and cycle through them fado was one of them he popped on a couple charts and we're going to bring these up the next couple days right tuesday and wednesday show thursday show that is when i really feel this is like a legit fantasy show because we're going to mine the expected stat leaderboard for hitters and pitchers over the next two days churn that work together and give you an ad for every position 10 12 and 15s on thursday so monday and friday probably a little more general we'll worry more about the betting and the daily stuff and then fantasy really in the middle the week the meat of the sandwich getting into that so all right was that it right so Lodolo could tell Marte expected back I thought he was gonna end up on the IL see that one now again I wasn't wrong because I bet have him benched I wasn't eating the zeros but he will be back so get up Marte back for the Padre series and then last but not least Aaron Ashby sigh of relief he should be fine he threw a bullpen was throwing smoke said he feels fantastic that's a bit of a surprise hey good for all the bad news that we get uh, it's not in, as far as injuries go. Good for Aaron Ashby. Cue him up when he's going. All right, let's get into the bets. Betting has been brutal for us. 
but again, I think a lot of it is probably explained as we, you know, doing the dip, duck, dive, and dodge around the, the ball and the weather, right? You know, we were on the unders early, noticing the lack of offense. The books shifted the numbers down. We started going over, doing well there. But what went off the rails when we shifted to the overs was that the side bets have been bad. And I think it has to do with the open. You know, again, it's not making excuses. It's taking the loss. Being more focused on pitching than hitting works in a suppressed hitting environment or in a predictable pitching environment. And once we start hearing that pitchers are struggling, so this isn't like, this isn't Lorenzen saying, man, you know, I didn't have a feel, didn't feel right, in mechanics. He's going, the ball was flying all over the place and got pitching ninja and uh, codify whatever, had a couple gifs. Could look like Ricky Vaughn out there. The ball is four feet off to the side. So pitchers are on this, and this also may have to do with changing weather, right? So it's not like, oh, the, the ball is an X. The ball is continuing to change as the weather changes. It will become more consistent now as the weather remains where it will be, more or less, going forward. But we may expect another change come September, right? As humidity changes, this is the thing. Humidity, the barometer, and the dew point, all these things are going to matter more than ever. So notice the bets to be focused more on totals, looking to take advantage of plus offense, using the pitching tools to avoid the 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 bad chalk right so again it all makes sense we're not flip-flopping we're back testing everything and let's get into it the one bet we do have here it's cubs and pirates my model was just screaming this one at listed at f5 over four not really getting it here i mean the pitchers have really really struggled killian who has a pretty noted prospect coming up but he has seriously struggled thus far eight era one seven whip the sierra over six 17 percent walk rate i mean really struggling not inducing any chases he hasn't gotten barreled up yet but it has been a real struggle pirates starting to come up on offensive touch the last couple days as well getting off the mat you know we were betting on the pirates when they stunk we pulled the eject button what we were on the Pirates when they were hitting, right, to many people's chagrin. We were betting on them against the Dodgers. People were like, what are you doing? And we won those games. When they go, when bad teams go in the tank, this one, I have to take another L4. I was on the Tigers a bit too long. This is going back a week. Hey, somebody tweeted me and abused me, and they were right. Listen, I get dunked on also. I wish it wasn't the case, but I don't continue to get dunked on because I try and be smart and not make the same mistakes over and over again. So the Tigers that we were on a bit too long... Now we're starting to get off the mat, and you can get behind them again. I believe the same to be said for the Pirates. So we always, again, back to the sine waves and how we want to approach these things. Applicability really is, is, is everything, right? We all, everyone has the same numbers, including Vegas and the bookmaker. So it's how we digest these things and apply them that will separate us. And the other side of that one, JT Brubaker really struggling as well. He popped on the boards, but it just didn't happen for us. ERA at 4-5, whip over 1-4. It's a 10% walk rate. It's all the things that you expect to see from struggling pitchers. The contact rate extremely high, up at 89%, which is going to be a problem, you know, when you're giving up that much solid contact he's also struggled a lot against righties and if you're going to struggle more as of late against the same handed side with the mean split you're going to be in trouble Brubaker I think there is some potential there but it has been a mess as of late so Cubs and Pirates listed at F504 I am not seeing that I think this one goes over Pirate offense starting to get up off the mat as of late 10 home runs last 7 days that's in the top 5 swinging strike rate as a team in the single digits which is very good in zone contact rate up at 89% as a team which is very good hard hit rate up over 44% as a 
team, which is very good. This is 240 plate appearances. This is not nothing. Cubs offense is in the tank right now, but we know they make contact. We know that they run. They have been striking out a bunch, but we'll have to see if they could just get a couple across against Brubaker for us. And last point on this bet, what we loved so much about that initial pivot that we made against the books, when they took the... So the average F5 over was as, as long as I can remember. And again, I didn't invent this stuff, but I was one of the first people, and I have the receipts for this, to truly push S5 betting to the four. I mean, I was really, I have the receipts years ago. People saying wait, they couldn't even find these bets. Now they are very popular. Now other people are claiming they just, whatever, who cares? But the point is this, the average F5 bet was always at 4.5. Now we're seeing it move to four. The reason this matters so much my model and, and the outputs that we expect are ignorant of the line. I don't know what the line is when it comes out. Meaning, at 4.5, we still needed five runs to win. We still need five runs to win, but this time at four runs we get to push. And that is tremendous. So keep your eye on these F504s. That's what we want to be. I also got a tremendous model hit on the Pittsburgh Pirates this one is a bit more niche. F5 team total. Not everyone has access to this. DraftKings Sportsbook has it posted. Although someone told me they couldn't find it in certain states. So I'm not really posting those. And it's juiced up. But expect it to be on the sheet as a model hit. Pittsburgh listed at a 1.5. I have them going over that against Killian. Then you have some total base props at the bottom here. We already did the laid out work. If you're looking for the more granular breakdown, rewind to the beginning of the show. Trevor Story plus 135. I mean, this is all you need to see. How about this? Mike Trout at plus money. Plus 105. The other two players that we mentioned earlier at the show, J.D. Martinez was at minus 110. Viable, but eh, I want plus money. And Otani was also at plus money as well. So uh, the... These total base props, pricing is phenomenal. Again, I like to think in terms of sustainability. So I think we should be betting these in pairs. And if you stick to plus money and you bet in pairs, let's see if anyone can figure it out. You in the back with your hand raised. Uh, well, uh, Mr. Big Guy with the Big Mouth, if we bet two bets and they're both plus money, we only have to hit 50% to be profitable. Well, very smart, you in the back with the correct answer. That is the answer, everybody. And that is what I like to do. So even if we don't, you know, can sh- not show in it, output over a weekly basis or two weeks that is the pathway to it trust me i would never lead you wrong so give me story over one and a half total basis plus 135 give me mike trout over one and a half total basis plus 105 and don't be surprised if you see another pairing later on remember check me out on twitter mlb moving averages at mlb moving avg on the bird app and that will do it i hope i earned that like button i waited the whole show to ask for it i really hate pandering you should people should know that if i was into pandering i'd probably be charging for my patreon right if i was into pandering i'd probably be asking for likes and retweets for all my work and i don't do any of that the one bad begging i'm doing now i'm saving it all like oliver with my bull you know please sir may i have some more you know i know you hit the like button please have some more and you know such as life man we live in an algorithmically driven computer run world and this stuff matters where we're grading human beings on the like button and it Really, to me, I think the proof is in the DMs, people reaching out and taking their time to tell me, which is funny. So I don't want to tell you don't take your time with the DMs, but, you know, 
hit the like button, man. It takes a second. So just hit that like button. Rate, review, and subscribe to the audio-only pod. Download the Jack Market app. Use the code MMN. Hit us up in the Jack Market. We laid out a few of the players expect to see. But you follow me on Twitter. And make sure when you do follow me on Twitter, tag Patty Mayo at T-H-E-P-M-E. Let him know what kind of job we're doing, how much fun we're having, how your understanding of the game has changed, and how much money you're making. I know we're seeing lots of that. People, listen, I love it. I love the level of intelligence that has really come with this show. The people, generally, Pat Mayo following is pretty sharp in the first place, right? But then I feel like I kind of have that gravitational pull as well. People that are sick and tired of the low IQ, stupid handicappers out there that don't do the work. You wonder sometimes if they're just flipping a coin. And yeah, sometimes they show results. Everybody does. We're playing a 50-50 game, really, when it comes down to it. So there's going to be strings of that. And notice... Those are the frauds. The people that only push outputs are the same frauds that we push in outputs in the stats. We're not interested in outputs at all. And it transcends into the real life. That's the last feather. Boop. For today. Manic Monday, everybody. On Cork Stats. Mayo Media Net. Love it. How you doing? Best show anywhere. Fastest show in MLB. Take that ish to the bank. All right, everybody. I got to get out of here. We're pushing up against it. I'm making the editing harder and harder. The show's getting a little bit longer every day. I swear I got to keep it. This is as long as you're going, but I think everyone's having a good time. So there's your stacks, fantasy news and notes, and some bets. I'll see you at the ticket window and up in the jock market, 705 OPO. Look for the handle. I catch you on the flip side. And remember when you work this hard, if it's a lot less like luck, yo. Peace.